Hi, everybody. Welcome to Breakfast at Ruby's. It's our weekly talk show on Twitch where we're going to talk about multiple topics that you've probably seen on your Twitter timeline at some point. Uh, joining me is Kisos. Hello. Hi. We have Chalora. Hi. It's someone there. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Passion. Hi. Bonjour. Yes. Um, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? I guess we, we should have done that a little bit. Uh, my name is Ruby. I'm a variety streamer here on Twitch. Uh, I do a talk show. I do gaming. I do tarot. I do a little bit of everything. So, uh, yeah, tune in sometime. Uh, what about you, Kizos? Um, Hi, everyone. I do whatever I want and no one can stop me. But it's a lot of gaming and music and I have um, new music coming out next month, too. So keep an eye. Yes. Chalora. Hi, I'm Chalora, and I'm a variety drag queen streamer on Twitch. And I'm probably the only person that wears shoes while they stream. <gasps> Accurate. I'm wearing like, I'm slippers. I'm fully barefoot. So does that work? Does that That's count? a really fun fact. Passion? I just Anyway. <laughs> I do not wear shoes on stream, unfortunately, but I am also a drag queen and also an overall queer personality. And, um... Did I mention that I'm queer? Yes. <laughs> uh, have we mentioned this is a very queer space yet? Um, I don't know. Just friendly reminder, I guess. Um, so <laughs> we're going to start with another <laughs> white woman screaming this today on the show. Oh. <laughs> a lot. So <laughs> I have a clip again, uh, very prepared for this. So... Um, Enjoy and then we'll discuss. Okay, does that sound good? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do it And to get the stream going if you like the content blah 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 how that results in zero subs. There are regulars here five dollars a month How are you have hours of time to watch me and not five dollars? I don't know. What are you doing with your life where you have hours of time to watch Twitch and not $5 to provide for the content that you're watching? Okay, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough of her screaming. Um, oh, wait, I forgot to turn my mic back on. $5. <laughs> so this was Bad Bunny on Twitch. Is she a partner? I forgot. Probably. I didn't do I my research. Looks, she looks big. Yeah. Otherwise it wouldn't have blown up as much for sure. Yeah. So um, what do we think about this uh, clip to start off this topic? And then we'll get into a deeper discussion about this because this is not the first time that uh, she's been in, in hot waters. Um, so the discussion here that's going on on Twitter is uh, obviously the entitlement that uh, that clip reeked of. And um, there's the conversation of people saying that it was taken out of context um, and a lot of things in that manner. So it's interesting how our first topic today has to do with people subscribing again, because that was the first one last week as well, but with a different, you know, reasoning. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Uh, who wants to go first? 
Anyone? Okay, I'll start. I didn't hear anyone. I didn't hear anyone. So I'll jump in. (laughs) Um, I think the biggest thing for me whenever I see stuff like this, and we were kind of talking about this in the private chat earlier, is whenever stuff like this happens, like I always assume it's a troll for attention because they know it works. They're big enough where they're not going to be canceled. They're like, she's already gained. I think I saw on Twitter, someone said she's gained 1500 followers since all of this started. So literally all of this marketing is just giving her as as you called it too, Ruby, outrage marketing mm-hmm. is just giving her new viewers and followers and subscribers. Like by her complaining about not getting subscribers, there's probably so many like 12 year olds who are like, number one, she's hot. Number one, she's so funny. Oh my God, I want her to pay attention to me. I'm going to steal my mom's credit card and sub like prime to her. And it's just like, I'm over it. And then you see everyone on Twitter, literally my timeline yesterday or the last few days is just pics of videos of her and videos of her and screenshots of her and all of this. And I'm just like, this happens all the time. Every time people try to shout out someone doing something wrong, especially if it's like this, like this complaining about subs isn't really hurting anyone versus like, obviously she also has like racist messages and shit, which I would be more willing to call out because fuck you and get canceled. But, um, uh, like, I don't know. It's just one of those things. And we talked about it today where it's like, well, should we talk about it? Because then we're part of that problem. But I think I wanted to make sure we talk about it in the context of letting people know not to talk about certain things like this anymore all, and discourage your friends, like message them later and be like, Hey, you know, all you're doing is giving her free marketing. Like, cause this happens all the time. It happens beyond Twitch. It happens in politics. It happens with gun girl, Caitlin Bennett. It happens with like everything. And people don't see it because they also want the engagement that they know they're going to get from the circle jerk echo chamber of Twitter where everyone agrees with them and they just post. Yeah. I hate this hoe. And everyone's going to give them like 10 retweets or a hundred retweets. And then they're like, yeah, I got new followers. All I had to do was hate on this person who I mean, <laughs> right. yeah, deserved the hate, but at the same time, that's me. That's me. Right. What bothers me about these situations is that they are very calculated mm-hmm. because this is uh, last year. This was, by the way, for people who are not aware, this is the same person who last year there was a clip of her that floated around Twitter where she was calling people who weren't subbed leeches. And she was saying like, if you're watching content on Twitch and you're not a sub, you're leeching off of the others who are paying for the content, uh, which is a wild statement to make. But uh, just so you guys have an idea, her bio on Twitter is the most entitled streamer on Twitch. So she's definitely running with it and making it a brand. And this is that's the the bigger discussion that I wanted to have because on one side we don't want to promote her and say like hey uh and give her attention by talking about her but at the same time um these people do things that are worth talking about for the sake of the discussion so do we talk about it and not mention their names do we which leads room for for like people to kind of um make assumptions about others like maybe we're talking about something but by us being vague about it people will think it's about something else um also sometimes then they might be like extra excited to go look it up they're like oh my god who is that who is that and then right can have that effect so what would you guys think it is the best approach to talk about situations like this without giving them what they want out of it, if that makes sense. I guess we can we can go with you, Passion, now. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I think it's very difficult to kind of recognize what to do. Mm-hmm. I would personally just 
leave her name out of my mouth and kind of direct the attention to people who continue to buy into this behavior and also kind of like subtly endorse her as well. I think that leaves more of an issue of who the people on Twitch we associate ourselves around or other people that we know associate ourselves around who think that this behavior is kind of good and then also kind of like ignoring the fact that so much has come out after this where it's very like transphobic misogynistic racist the list goes on and on mm -hmm. so i think kind of recognizing who's still mutuals of her after this behavior and kind of buy into it is kind of where the problem lies because those are the people who we associate ourselves with and they are continuing to endorse this person mm -hmm. while we can choose to ignore her and just you know not give a single shit um there are unfortunately people that we may know who do <laughs> and that's kind of where the problem lies yeah uh, i can say that i i do have i now because i checked her bio and stuff like that i've noticed that there's mutuals of mine that follow her not a lot of them but some and a part of me is like okay do people follow them to see what they're gonna say next are people um some people do which is also annoying yeah it's like they want to keep tabs on them almost like they don't re really agree with them but they want to keep tabs on them and an interesting thing that i saw on social media was uh actually um a friend of mine twisted on social media and she talked about how you can only get taken out of context so many times before you you think like what is the context then because last year she was people defending her said oh she was taking out of context this time they said the same thing so it's like but what is the context it kind of reminds me of you know how in reality tv they obviously they edit things a certain way but you still said them you know what i mean it's one of those things where it's not like it's clear that she said like out of a big sentence, they took half of the sentence. Like, that's not what it is. Right. Like, there's pauses in there. There's moments where she was thinking about what she's going to say next. And she said it's not like it's, like, it's a supercut of her stream or something like that. Um, what do you think, uh, Chalora, when people have that in order to try to defend them? They're like, oh, it's, it's out of context. You need to see the whole stream to get a better idea of what she was trying to say. Or let's give her the benefit of the doubt kind of thing. I think that we talked about this last episode as well mm -hmm. a bit about like if we have a message that maybe was misunderstood or out of context, then um, you should really want to clarify that um, just as the like person, even if you're not right. like a streamer or whatever. If you say something that doesn't make sense or people will get offended by, you have to make a statement to justify why you why is that statement there you know like if um she said something before that or something after that then clip it like show us where the context is um, right otherwise we only have anything like the only thing we have left is to assume that there is no other context. right um i think that if her brand or her marketing is this you know pompous um privileged person uh and she's being satirical or like funny um i think she definitely needs to exaggerate that more to make it clear mm -hmm. or she needs to show that that's like what she is you know what i mean um which just obviously isn't coming through so there's only so long that you can go 
um, you know, I'm racist, I'm racist, I'm racist without being racist until you actually are racist. Like mm -hmm. there's, you can't just pretend to be faking it and then never go the other way, you know? Exactly. And it, it reminds me of um, other streamers who may have that exaggeration and they may actually stream as characters and people use the excuse of like, oh, they're they doing it as a character, though. Like, it's not uh, it's not them. And I'm not going to say names because like I like we've been saying, I, I let's try not to give these people promotion. But um, for to me, I've always said that. It doesn't matter that it's a character. It that character is attracting people who th actually think that way, right. uh, and those people are gonna be in the same platform as I am, and they're gonna be coming to my community, my friends' communities, and they're gonna be spewing that hate. That even if the original person didn't mean it, th there's they're kind of influencing people who will think that way and will have that kind of behavior and that kind of toxicity. Um, towards others so to me i you know e even the thing of like oh it's comedy it's like well i didn't laugh like we didn't laugh yeah. kind of thing so it's like maybe work on your quote-unquote comedy and maybe make us laugh next time um i feel like there's ways where you can make fun of that concept of uh, and i've seen it after oh i do it all the time after her after this clip went viral i literally saw someone who played the entitled streamer but they also had a character of their uh, uh, like who was the chat who was like no that's wrong kind of thing and they were kind of playing off of that of like they were playing both the entitled person and the voice of reason and they made it funny um so it, you can definitely like exaggerate it with you can do um like the valley girl accent you can always like do something to kind of obviously portray that this is a character this is a stupid thing um you could even do like a you know a snapchat filter you know like whatever whatever works for you like there's always something that you can do that shows that it's obviously not what you mean and it's obviously not what you stand for and i think people do like to play on the um, on the ambiguity of it all like they like to stay in the mm -hmm. middle like oh maybe it's a character maybe it's not who knows let's blend all of it together so people don't really know and i can always say it's either or um so yeah um, the thing with social media is like <clears throat> any engagement is good engagement just like people have always said like any press is good press right so like if you downvote a youtube video that means youtube's algorithm is like oh this is people have a reaction to this. Right. So it wants to show it to more people. She just this morning posted on Twitter something like, okay, but does anyone have $5? I'm short. So she's clearly, like you said, going with this. And I see like people I know being like commenting on it, like trying to hate on her, but all they're doing, it's just like, I, I think that so many people don't realize and they're so quick to be like trolled and react to certain things. And I'm just like, wake up. Right. You are like trying to own this person, but by you trying to own this person, they have owned you. You are now their bitch. They own your engagement and they are going up by thousands of followers every day. Yeah, they're getting your Stop re it! replies and you're, you're, <laughs> they're getting all of that. Because every time someone replies, then it's like, oh, all your friends see the reply. Right. And I just want to, and my God, and I just saw like six people that I know follow her and I want to unfollow them all. And I also saw that in her bio, like she's this person is such uh oh my god like yeah. she literally has trust hashtag trans rights in her bio yet is writing like 
transphobic shit in her messages as early as like two years ago and i think maybe even this year i don't remember exactly the timestamps on shit but yeah, like they were they were literally within like the last year yeah i'm <laughs> literally gonna before. like unfollow so many of these hoes because it's i'm gonna just... message them first and just be like do you know you are following this person right they're not funny <laughs> if you support really them i don't support you yeah why are you branding yourself as this outright person as well in your bio? And yet you right. have not recognized any of this like receipts that people have <clears> like, <throat> as well. Yeah, you just cause... kind of want to just joke about the fact that you have a clip that's trending. But the thing is, is now everybody is gravitating to this whole like concern of the fact that you have so much disgusting <laughs> like receipts against you. And you're right. just kind of like, okay, but does anyone have $5? And it's just like, okay, but there's a bigger picture now because you are someone who is still getting booked and appearing on talk shows you are oh, still a partner on switch and as you you are genuinely so fucking entitled and it's not fair yeah because if this happened to anybody who wasn't a white woman then it's just like they would be done like mm -hmm. absolutely oh, done, yeah. dragged to the dirt they would have they would have been completely over but the fact is they know their privilege and i feel like buying into this aggression that i'm getting already I kind of have to like tone it back and recognize like this is what they want yeah yeah they're not they're not doing anything against 2s they're absolutely safe they're absolutely fine and they know that they've read the whole way through it there's probably someone who works for them um in partner management and right they, i was gonna say their partner managers like telling them okay here's how you say it to go viral but still stay on twitch right yeah <laughs> so it's just it's there's there's no answer to this because they know what they're doing and they know that they can't get banned if they're not doing anything that's bannable so yeah. you know power to them i will kind of like applaud that kind of like chaser mentality of they know exactly what they're doing and they've really knuckled down on it they're smart yeah but i don't want to see this bitch using the lgbtqia plus tag and mm -hmm. also putting trans rights in her bio she can absolutely like choke for that yeah yeah <laughs> Say it, say it as nice as you can. Choke is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Choke and then recover, please. <laughs> yeah, just you know, choke on a peanut and then like you know, it's fine. You'll be just fine. a little, <laughs> just a little scare. <laughs> We've all had those. You the know? fear of God. It happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do think that a good approach to talking about situations like this. Obviously, we're not doing it in the best way because obviously it's in the title of my stream it's going to be in the title of the youtube video probably um but when it comes to social media uh, i think it's good like to some people i've seen do this like where they censor the name just enough so you can see who they're talking about but it's yeah. not gonna trigger anything in the algorithm uh, you can also mm -hmm. do a thing where you don't tag them. <laughs> you just, you know, you can talk about them and talk about the issue and the topic without giving them that engagement because <clears throat> it's it's something that I say, and we've said this, I'm sure, in other episodes, where um, engagement, views, mm -hmm. subs, follows, that's our currency online. So you're endorsing people by following them some people don't think that everybody thinks it uh, thinks about it differently some people think oh, i'm just following them just to keep track of them i'm just seeing what they're doing uh, but you are endorsing them like if you, if i don't know the context if i don't know any better and i see someone following someone problematic i'm just gonna think that they're friends of, of theirs and i i'm gonna assume that they're 
supporting their beliefs and stuff. Speaking of uh, bad social media practices, uh, let's talk about uh, a concept that I wasn't really super familiar with until we had this discussion in our private group chat, uh, which is uh, digital blackface. So uh, who wants to kind of uh, give a little bit of a insider of what this is? And, um, and then we can go from there. Sure, I'll start because I was the one who I've been seeing it pop up a lot. And there's a lot of different digital blackface is not just like one thing. But there's like, for example, oh, I guess I can't really send anything. But if you just Google it, you'll see like, for example, one example, I keep saying example would be, for example, oh my God, I can't <laughs> stop. I'm literally not even doing that on purpose. Drinking game, get wasted. Would be, for example, Mm-hmm. A white person who's like using a way tanner or darker or AKA like a black hand for themselves. And I see a lot of people who like want to be down doing this, you know, like the palest person, but they got dreads. And so they think all of a sudden they're going to use like, uh, like chocolate skin tone for themselves when they look more like whipped cream. Um, and it's like, okay, that's definitely clearly blackface. Um, and also like people who are using like, Um, you know, pictures of people that aren't them that are black and, you know, certain other things. There's a lot to it. But the main thing that I've seen people talking about um, is uh, digital blackface in regards to uh, GIFs. So like people using reaction GIFs of black people and uh, the discussion of, is it all right for a white person to use a GIF of a black person or is it kind of using a black person as entertainment? So that's like the one camp is... Some people believe that it's a white person using a black person entertainment and it's kind of goes back to like blackface and minstrelsy and, um, you know, just seeing this them as like this funny thing to serve you. But I saw another person, both of these, uh, you know, opinions did come from black people, not just me pulling them out of my ass. Um, But this other opinion was, I think we need to be really careful discouraging people from using um, black people in gifts because if people aren't using as many black people in gifts, then it can also be seen as kind of an erasure, especially when black people are really the like champions of culture in our society. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like people used to say like black vine is essentially just vine. And, you know, all of these dances and shit and songs are stolen from black trends and black people and black creators. So there's those two things. And although I was like, should we talk about this? Because none of us are black. I think it's actually important for us to talk about this because none of us are black and although i am a person of color i'm pretty white presenting and appearing so i think it's good for us to and i grew up with my white mother so i think it's good for us to kind of talk about these two sides to it um here are experiences with using certain gifts and things and you know just what these kind of arguments from different people have made us think about and react about Nice. Thank you so much for that intro. Um, I thought at first I was like, digital blackface is that when people use filters on Snapchat and stuff like that. I mean, like, that I feel like that kind of stuff too fits in. Yeah. F- but for me, I, I only saw it as that. But n- then once I became more aware of it, I definitely noticed there's it's a trend with certain people. It's, it's not something that, you know, me posting a GIF of a black drag queen from Drag Race or a reaction video, those have also been coming up more than GIFs themselves. Me doing it once or twice, I don't necessarily see it as a problem, but when you notice there's that one person who always 
chooses black people as gifts or black people doing reaction videos and stuff like that, then you kind of notice like, okay. Uh, and then when you see that person's personality kind of kind of reflecting that, um, uh, pa Passion actually introduced me to the word blacksent, which is when someone mm. uh, tries to come off a certain way and they're clearly inspired by people of color and they are very much emulating for the lack of a better word. And um, for example, there's, I've seen white gays be literal copies of Wendy Williams, for example. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I knew of Wendy Williams, but then suddenly she got more and more recommended to me on YouTube. So I ended up watching her more and more. And then I noticed I was like, oh, a lot of these expressions, like, and even mannerisms and stuff, I've seen white gays on Twitch literally act exactly like her. Mm -hmm. And then it's it's that problem where it's not, you know, obviously on, on stream, they're not, you know, putting a foundation that's like three shades darker than theirs and stuff like that. But they're still, <laughs> it's like, they're still, copying and impersonating a culture and a person that has all that background behind them that it's not theirs, right? Um, but then it's kind of like, do you not do it anymore and you stop it completely and then not show appreciation for that culture? Or do you fully, or do you take responsibility? Do you balance the two? What do you think about this entire phenomenon, Passion? Oh, God. <laughs> I have many thoughts. Um, I, what it boils down to is just a lot of, I just see a lot of white gays just sitting there saying period, period, period. And it's just like, that's, that's what their personality now boils upon. And they, right. you go through their media on their Twitter and it's a lot of just black gifs and kind of like black reaction videos. Um, there's no sort of like actual substance of them and they're relying on almost like this very black persona which in some ways some people may view as problematic to see those things as black but inherently that's what they're replicating they're seeing black women acting like this and they think oh shit i want to be that because they don't have any flavor to their actual like <laughs> their personality and i think as long as these people are actually referencing and keeping check of where this all boils down to when they're actually surrounding themselves around these people because most of the people that i see with that behavior don't actually have a single black person in their friendship group and that's where the problem boils down to because they are representing so much of this culture in their talk but yet they're not sticking true to their guns and actually surrounding themselves around the right people to begin with because most people of color would feel uncomfortable with their constant usage of all of these terms putting on like an accent and everything else and just kind of putting up this entirely different personality front because that's what's popping at the moment like that's what's kind of like the trend going around especially within the lgbtqa plus community and i have clocked myself quite a bit when it comes to a lot of this where i have been on a lot of like forums and stuff since like the late like thousands and then like the early tens and i was surrounding myself around like a lot of like mariah carey and janet jackson stands who are you know like a very prominent black fan base and i was seeing all the stand culture used before it was anything else because if nobody knows a lot of our terminology actually stems from the black community and it's african-american vernacular english and it it was really eye-opening to me to see that years later there were so many white people using this with no credit given. And I was just like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what's going on here? And I think just really 
pulling back and kind of reflecting on how much is actually authentically you is the best thing to do because since i've done that like years ago i feel like it's it's really like felt authentic every time i used a word while a lot of people just like grip onto a personality that they've kind of just like gooped and just kind of been like okay well i'll i'll maintain this for a while while it's like you know like a successful thing to do because that's what it boils down to is that people are using this culture now and it's a it thing to do and people are on tiktok doing it and on twitch and everything of the sort and everybody's like using it now so uh, i don't like it <laughs> yeah um someone in, in shinigagmi in chat actually asked is it wrong to emulate someone who's not a part of your race slash culture or is it just wrong for white americans due to their history uh, there's, I, I would say there's a little bit of both, and I don't think it, it's limited to white Americans. I feel like white, our white society as a whole has a lot of bad history with when it comes to people in, of color, for obvious reasons. Um, says the Portuguese, who literally has the worst kind of history, like with colonization and stuff like that. Um, so. I think it stems from the fact that, yes, there is history there. And also, it's a lot of what Passion was saying when it comes to people like to emulate them, but they don't include them in the conversation. So, for example, when I see these quote-unquote white gays, TM, um, on Twitch, for example, they have adopted that sort of emulated personality but and then on their talk shows, for example, they don't have any person of color in there or in their friend group or in their community or it's one of those things where it's kind of like they appreciate it from afar, but they're not actually involved in it. They don't actually care to uh, bring everyone to the table. They just use it as some sort of prop and then let it go kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, so and it's kind of endorsing that idea and Julia in chat is saying this, it's kind of the taking the caricature kind of aspect of it. And uh, how do you say that? Caricature. There you go. Um, (laughs) And, and taking a stereotype and, and, and kind of bringing that up to the front rather than the culture, rather than the person, because I've quoted Wendy Williams before, sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously, because I love her. Um, well, not all of her, but some aspects of her. <laughs> um, she's a very multidimensional personality, if you know what I mean. Um, so it, it's definitely interesting. And it's one of those things where you have to be conscious about what you're saying. And, and like Passion said, be aware of, okay, would I say this on a regular basis? Is that something that's uh, relevant to my own vocabulary? Is it something that uh, is true to myself and and stuff like that um yeah do you have anything any finishing uh thoughts on this uh topic chalora um yeah so um i think there's a difference between appreciation and appropriation Mm -hmm. um you know using someone's personality or someone's history or a culture or anything like that to make like an uneducated or ignorant uh, caricature, like we were saying, or like a really poor representation to make somebody laugh or something like that, I think is unhealthy or unethical. Mm -hmm. Whereas if like, let's say 
I wanted to, if I was on Drag Race or something and I wanted to do Oprah Winfrey, I think if I really educated myself and I made my, you know, I really practiced how I looked. Like I didn't do a different skin color because that's not my skin color. Right. <laughs> um, I did it in a really respectful, uh, using her kind of humor, not making her the joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think is very difficult, but it can be done. And I think that um, it can be done in a way that's respectful. Yeah. Um, and uh, personally, yes, I've, I have done. So like, for example, like a few years ago, I did a drag look for Lunar New Year. Um, I looked up all the information I could. I talked to a few people I knew that were Chinese. I asked them questions. I had like a lucky knot. I was like, can I put that in my hair? Or is that like specifically for certain places or certain events? And they were like, no, you know, this is fine. And then like I finished my look and I asked them all first. And like, that doesn't mean that they are the standard. Right. right? right. But um, I tried my best to educate myself and be respectful and I asked questions and I paid attention and nobody gave me any clout about it. Um, so I think I did a good job. But yeah. if somebody in a few days said, oh, I found this old picture of you and I think it's really not okay, I would talk about it and, you know, figure it out. But like a really um, good example of what's not okay is a film that just came out actually. It's called Loquisha. Oh, God. I don't know if you guys heard of this film. I feel like I saw it trending, but I didn't look at it. Is this um, the one with like the radio? Host? Yeah, he's yeah. a white man. It's actually rated 1.2 out of 10. Oh. <laughs> I just saw it now. But it's um, it came out last year, and it's supposed to be a comedy. But it's right. about this middle-aged white man who could not get a job on a radio station that was specifically looking for minorities. Oh, I remember when this came out. Oh, yeah, so continue. he pretended to be a black female to get the job. And so he has this like voice and like, uh, uh, I don't know, it's very inappropriate. Um, I I don't even know why anyone who was black might agree to go on the show. Maybe they didn't know the premise was Mm -hmm. or they didn't really read into it or, you know, sometimes- And who funded this movie? Like who gave them the money for production? I think the actor, if I recall, he's the director, the producer, and the writer. Yeah, I'm looking at him Oof. right now. Wow. Which tells me that this was like kind of his project that he wanted to do. He wrote it, he produced it, he directed it. So really, this is just something that he really wanted to do, kind of like a, a comedy skit or something that became more elaborate maybe mm-hmm. that he thought was funny and maybe I, I feel like he's just really uneducated on the whole thing Yeah, um, because even if like let's say this show or this movie was the premise or whatever and the writing stayed the same the writing and the acting could have been a lot different to be more respectful mm-hmm. um, it could have even been written in the way that was like, you know, he took the part and didn't do it like in a racist way and replaced himself over time with somebody else who deserved the position or, you know what I mean? Like using his privilege to benefit other people who deserve the position, Mm -hmm. I think would have been a better story. Right. Um, And that still could have been a comedy, which is what he wanted. But yeah. 
I, uh, it was done really poorly. Yeah, unfortunately. This conversation is actually reminding me of our next topic. And I didn't really think too much that these topics would correlate. But um, this reminds me a lot of Apu on The Simpsons and how mm-hmm. the voice actor is has chosen to has chosen to no longer voice the character. So Apu is the um, stereotypical Indian character that works at a like their version of Seven Seven Eleven, and um, the character for people who don't know is actually voiced by a white male, which I actually didn't know for like up until very recently actually and um because we meant to talk about this i actually watched a documentary that was recommended to me by passion um and the documentary actually mentioned how this is very similar to the concept of uh way back in the day i forget the the right wording for it but people white people would basically dress up in blackface to perform as if they were black people. And it's a very similar concept as well to what Shalora was saying of that white man impersonating a, a, a black woman to get a, a job as a black woman, quote unquote. And it, this is kind of the same thing where the uh, the character is a stereotype, like a dangerous stereotype and a harmful stereotype. Um, that through the documentary that I've seen is really something that has negatively shaped a lot of people's lives growing up. They were always compared to this character. They were always uh, made fun of because of this character. And to me, I just feel like it's a little too late to back down because uh, I'm not saying that he didn't do the right thing, but for me, it's like, well, it's not the first time you've been criticized for this and you've doubled down on it before and you've refused to address it for the longest time and then the network defended it for the longest time saying like, oh, we had a whole team of writers and everybody thought it was funny or, oh, it was fine back <laughs> in the day. So, But it, it just isn't now. Um, I feel like w- one thing that people need to realize is that in the 90s, it wasn't fine to say and to do all these things. People just didn't have the platform to properly complain about them or they just weren't being heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, with social media nowadays, people are like, no, like we have we are on the same platform as the people who are making th- this content and we have a way easier access to talk to them about these issues so it's not that all of a sudden these things aren't okay to talk about these things were never okay to talk about or to do it's just that nowadays people get the the chance to actually say something about it um do you guys think this is a little too late to address this issue after 30 years i think of the simpsons being a thing um what do you think kisos well, I grew up like as such a Simpsons fan and it was like all I watched all the time. Same. I have like the first like 15 seasons on DVD and it's like a very nostalgic show for me like growing up and watching it like with my dad. So I've always been kind of like interested in this, although I don't really watch it anymore. And honestly, I don't really care about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it is interesting and kind of like what we were saying in the digital blackface episode, where I know some people have called for like Apu to be removed from the show to avoid it. 
but that's kind of then taking away an opportunity for people to get to know a more accurate representation of mm -hmm. an Indian American person or an Indian person in America. I don't know exactly how Apu identifies um, what, <laughs> with what nation. Um, but um, yeah, so I, it is definitely late because this has been going on for a while and they definitely were not really listening to critics at first, but I think they can use this opportunity. And I saw, I think it was the, um, I forgot his name, but the guy who like was the writer or like the main person who did the um, What's Wrong with Apu or I forgot the name of the documentary. Um, but that person, Hari, was his name Hari Kondabulu or something like that? I'm totally probably butchering it, but um, he, um, he was saying, I hope that what they do with the character now is get someone, uh, you know, an, an Indian person or Indian American person to voice it. I hope they get better people to write it. I hope they start showing these different storylines that are more accurate representations of the person. Um, yeah. And I think that could be good because i'm sure there were like heartwarming moments with apu you know it's not like they're always he's like not always the butt of the joke like yeah they do show him as like a hardworking person they show this and they show that but they also show a lot of you know definitely more harmful stereotype stuff too so i think they can kind of like chalora was saying do more to not make him the joke but use you know maybe the humor of his character and stuff to give people more insight to indian culture and you know, immigrant culture and um, stuff like that. Yeah. And the thing is, like, The Simpsons has in their own way addressed the issue. But the problem is that they were doubling down on it or they were like, oh, things that we could say years ago. Now we can't say anymore. Or um, and then, you know, cutting to a photo of Apu and stuff like that. Um, I just don't think they've been handling handling it nicely. And I think it definitely shows the type of people that are in those writing rooms and mm -hmm. there are a part of these shows that um i understand that they they're in their minds they were like oh we make fun of everybody we make fun of the typical you know white person we make fun of everybody under the sun we make fun of them and but it, it's definitely and this is a point that I think they were, I think the 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 person behind the documentary was interviewing an executive or a writer for the show and they didn't get it because he the point that he was trying to make was that it's one thing to make fun of the a stereotypical like millionaire like Mr. Burns because that person is in a position of power so it's it's fun you can poke fun at someone because they're not going to lose anything from it you know they're already in a position of power and privilege but when you make fun of someone who society already puts so beneath you in a way like if you're a white writer and you're making fun of a black person our society our society already puts that person down so much that you, by you making fun of them, you're putting them down even more. Um, and you're, it's more harmful to them than it is for someone in a position of power. So you have to be really aware that even though your intention is like, oh, I hate everybody equally, there's already people who by default are being hated on more than others. So it's yeah. not really fair to just it's say like, balanced. oh, I'm doing it equally. Like, no, you're not. Like, you're you're portraying like Homer as a as a person who has one kid and then cut to the next hospital room and Apu has like seven. Like that's not, you know, you're not right. making, you're not doing it the same way. Um, 
And so it's you have to be really aware of it. And I'm glad uh, that our society these days is more conscious about that. People say it's sensitive. I say conscious. Uh, I do prefer that, you know, people people do have a room to make mistakes, but they're also they also have a room to be accountable for their actions. And I and I like that idea as long as they actually take that opportunity. Um, what do you think, Passion? Since you were the one who did recommend that documentary and I did thoroughly enjoy it, what what do you think about this entire situation? I'm kind of baffled that the conclusion came out of nowhere. And I saw this documentary. The documentary was made in 2017. I saw it in 2018. And I was torn at the time because I didn't really expect them to do anything with it because they seemed to really like double down on it because I watched it right after they responded to it. And they basically used Lisa Simpson as a way to answer this, this very informed, you know, I would say very like left wing figure in the Simpsons. And they kind of used her to give the answer of like, we're not doing anything. Right. And I was just like, oh, okay, they're really like sticking through this. Okay. And I obviously couldn't relate to most that was said you know, in regards to like skin tone comparisons and everything. But I definitely had like a thought about representation in The Simpsons for me as a queer person. And especially at the time in 2018, when I wrote a review about the problem with Apu, I was identifying as gay then. And I would have like made like a stark comparison of being like, okay, well, what about gay representation in The Simpsons? And I immediately like sprung with like Smivers and how he has always been stereotyped. He has always been this kind of like overtly feminine likes Barbie dolls or at least like Malibu Stacey's which are the equivalent in the show and very much surrounds himself around feminine things has a crush on his older boss and fantasizes about their boss being naked being in birthday cakes and all of this and I was like okay there really is an issue here because there is a stark difference of using minorities as kind of like the butt of a joke and having a reality of white men who don't face this criticism daily mm -hmm. And I recognize that this boils down to how things have aged and how we actually have a voice. But overall, there wasn't, you're telling me there wasn't a single queer person on the writing team who was kind of like, hold on, like, this isn't like representing me properly, or at least like, just, just more minorities to actually like speak up or something like up the same vein, because it's, it's really made me reflect of just being like, I used to see like Smivers for myself watching the simpsons as a kid and just being like shit like i know my sexuality there and then but it it kind of made me feel like that was what i was either like supposed to be or that's how i would have been seen as being an out person and i think it does boil down like people see these figures on television and even in like animated shows like the simpsons and if there is that one person such as like a poo who maybe someone is the same skin tone or has the same background or speaks like them they're going to be ripped to shreds for representing that and that was the case for me in a lot of situations and even like as a kid i used to um have a lot of like uh comparisons made to like pinocchio and shrek 2 from my like family members because of him like wearing women's underwear and was representing like his very twinky figure and everything of the sort and it really does boil down to like representation does absolutely fucking matter and mm -hmm. i'm glad that they finally like sorted this out now but i'm still disappointed to see that they didn't recognize this right off the bat when the documentary was made and they just didn't listen to the voices and instead continued to use them throughout the show for at least like a further two years and stuck by of being like this is just like outrage culture and you know you don't have a point 
Mm-hmm. Right. And even Sorry, how I kind of went out of like a huge. <laughs> no, 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 but... you're fine. And even to me, it, the, the fact that the actor had to be like, no, I'm not doing it anymore, rather than the executives, the people behind responsible for the show being like, hey, let's maybe not do this anymore and like have a conversation with him because it's not like he was going to be out of a job. He voices other characters in the show. So it's not like he was going to be out of, you know, he was going to be unemployed after it. But, um, yeah, uh, well, I, I don't think I have anything else to say. Chalora, what do you think? <laughs> oh, you're muted. <laughs> to answer the main question, um, I don't think it's ever too late to educate yourself or to take action, because mm-hmm. I think that's important, and I think we shouldn't shame people to the point where they decide not to take action. Um, hashtag cancel culture. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's a good because, point. Um, give people the opportunity, and if you know if they continue not to take it, then you know keep pushing them to. But um, I think that the executives or even the voice actor, and maybe they did talk about it, and maybe that's why he left. Um, could have discussed replacing the voice actor with someone who is actually what race is Apu? Indian. He's Indian, I think. He's like an Indian stereotype, so it's very, like, open to anything, really. Um, But they could have replaced Apu's voice actor with someone who better represents uh, that culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And they could have even had a whole episode that talked in response to the documentary or the, you know, open the discussion, because... There are comedy shows that make that work Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can make it work. You just have to work a little harder and be educated uh, and really talk with people, which I think is something important, especially in the media. And I think that people who are represented by Apu or that's probably the wrong verbiage. Um, But anyway, they probably would have appreciated to see that and it would help the situation, especially in America um where people will make fun of people like that or they have a um prejudice about people like Mm -hmm. that um but i think also this happens a lot with older comedians um where they think everybody's mad about every joke yeah Mm -hmm. and so they feel like they can't tell any jokes and it's like well (laughs) you can make jokes again they have to be funny to everyone if you're you know, making fun of one thing or another thing, you know, it, do you have the consent to make fun of that thing? You know, it's mm-hmm. a donut, let's say you're making fun of. Donuts can't give consent, so go ahead and make fun of donuts. <laughs> but like a whole culture, a whole type of people, you can't ask consent of every single person of that kind. Right. Of so let's just not make jokes about them. And if you are going to make jokes about them, typically um being of those people uh you have a better perspective on uh, and it's generally more accepted so like if i make gay jokes or if i make um non-binary jokes or my if i make drag jokes i think those are acceptable because i do those things and i am that person mm-hmm. um but otherwise not really and then like obviously if i make a distasteful joke about drag or about gay people like obviously People are going to call me out on it. Um, But I have a better perspective 
uh, versus someone who's not. Yeah. And even coming from a place of you can laugh with someone versus laughing at someone. And I feel like a lot of these these situations is and they touched a little bit on it on the documentary where um, these comedians were being put in the audiences for these comedy shows in the front row and then only to be made fun of and not necessarily given a platform, you know, like instead of making fun of them and bashing them, you could bring them to the stage and have a back and forth and have it so that it's a mutual thing. Like I'm making fun of you, but you're also making fun of me kind of thing. Um, More of a roast, like mutual roast rather than like, back-to-back white comedians making fun of people of color which at this point is is just tiring it's just like okay come up, with, come up with something new kind of thing it's like okay um let's you know hear people's concerns and not just assume that everything is just like oh people are too sensitive and we can't make we can't make any jokes anymore well maybe you, you're just not a good comedian (laughs) if you rely on like making fun of people and laughing at people then you know maybe you should consider a different career path um you know and i think i think shock value can be comedic because i look up to like joan rivers and she's not exactly the most like crystal clean comedian out there well rest in peace but um i i do take offense to some of the shit that she says but is she inherently funny to me yes and i do watch a lot of her comedy shows but the difference is is that she would listen to people who had concerns and she would at least hear out the communities and she would surround herself by so many queer people and trans people and yet she would continue to make jokes but at least she was listening to the community and hearing out the concerns while i feel like the simpsons were just a bit like or at least like the team on the simpsons were at least just a bit like oh this like right. why why are we hearing this so late right and it's it's it sucks because people are using a defense which i have done over the past few years since this documentary and everything but people are now saying well does that mean we have to get rid of like willie who is a scottish person and like cletus who is like a stereotypical american or like the um the italian chef luigi and it's just like well no because there are several examples of that stereotype throughout the show maybe not with the scottish character but Apu was the only person and his family was the only person representing that community in the show. And, and he's also drawn in a completely different color. So exactly. it's, and there's it's a, a target. huge visual difference. And the thing is, is that there is no other representation of this community in other shows as well. Like Apu was the only example that I could see of people in that community in a show, mm-hmm. let alone like live action or animated, which is insane to think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that and that's why, you know, um, the conversation of being inclusive and representation is very important, because if a, uh, if a specific character is the only reference that you have to a person of color and they happen to be a stereotype, if you grow up in an environment where you're not really surrounded by people of color, you're going to just assume that that's that's what like what that's what those people are like you know what i mean and and you're just gonna have an idea and a a different mentality of um what their realities are like and even for a lot of people i'm i'm sure i'm not alone in this i'm sure a lot of us thought that apu was voiced by an indian person or someone 
I I keep saying Indian, but we don't really know. Apu, just, you know, whatever. Um, I'm pretty sure. That's the problem. A non-white person, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, that's we true. On the fact that we don't know that. Yeah. It shows that the education hasn't been there in the show. And I say that as, like, a Simpson stan. I haven't seen Same. every single episode. But, like, do I sit there and watch it whenever it's on TV? Do I, like, understand every single character? Do I play the games? Yeah. And the thing is, is that there's been no actual, like, information there to advise you to properly refer to them. There has been some episodes, but have they been made into a joke where they have, like, seven kids? Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so moving on to more of a fun... Well, not fun to her, but <laughs> fun <laughs> news. I'm sure uh, she's fine with it. Yeah, I mean, she's she's rich. She's, she doesn't care about this. Uh, so recently, Lady Gaga's supposed new lead single has been leaked on the internet. Um, obviously, we're all good people of heart, so none of us have obviously listened to it, and we definitely don't have our opinions on the song itself, because we respect the... No, we all heard it. <laughs> and it's a bop. Um, and we love it. Um, Do we? Well... I'm okay with it, but I've never been a big Gaga fan. Oh, well, the little monsters, you know, the, your link is in chat somewhere. The little monsters will find you. Um, you're welcome for that, you know, engagement. But <laughs> no, but I wanted to talk not about the song itself, but I wanted to talk about a good point that was brought up by a radio station on Twitter. And they said that sometimes it's well-intentioned people just get excited about new music and they get excited about new releases and they end up kind of ruining ruining the hype and ruining a possible release of a new song or a new era uh this you know for all we know this could be just a random song that she recorded on in a session just to warm up before she actually recorded uh, something yeah. else but um it's a it's a different it's a different thing like you're ruining the momentum and it happens so often with like full albums leaking sometimes weeks prior uh sometimes even information sometimes you get information that like oh this thing is happening on that day they're filming a music video on that day and there's tour dates and all that stuff and you're like oh i wish i just got an official announcement out of nowhere and you know it, it i feel like it kind of ruins it in a way for fans and it also kind of ruins it for the celebrities but i feel like at this point I feel like the celebrities low-key have, like, fan accounts that also, like, they use to kind of stir up the pot. And they're like, oh, let's release a snippet here and pretend that a fan recorded it. Or it was, like, an intern that recorded it. But in reality, it was, like, fully Lady Gaga. Just, like, recording yeah. on her phone and sending it randomly to, like, Lady Gaga Brazil or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, mm -hmm. it's been it's been proven that Gaga's done that, especially during the art pop era. Oh. So a lot of people are thinking this is all her because she's now hinting it on the website. She's putting it in like the source code. She's she's always been tactical when it comes to like lead single releases and like leaks. So we're on to you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but do do you guys think that this is something that inherently is a bad thing when fans uh, like leak things from artists, like music specifically? We're not going to talk about other things that got, get leaked by celebrities on the internet. Um, what do you think, Chalora? Um... I don't know. I 
first of all, I didn't hear the song. Oh, but well, I, I only <laughs> imagine that's good. Um, but like, so sorry. So the question is about like artists not purposely releasing and somebody else releasing it. Just in general, like things leaking. This could even apply to like video games and how sometimes trailers get released, like leaked early or concept mm-hmm. art. So just things in general, like as a fan of things and I guess as an artist yourself, do, what do you think about this like idea of like people think leaking things early or talking about things before there's an official announcement and stuff like that? Um, I think that it's fine if like they want to release a little snippet or whatever on their fan account like that's definitely a strategy Mm -hmm. um i think that if like i know that there's data miners and stuff like that i think that's what they're called Mm -hmm. data miners um like i know like they did that with like pokemon and stuff like that and i personally really don't like it i think that like it's a waste of time because it's going to get released anyway like why like i know that some people probably do it to get views or to get yeah um you know whatever or maybe they're really excited um that's great but like i don't know i think it's better just to like let people do what they want to do like maybe uh like maybe i'm, I'm going to release an album and i want to release it on my mom's birthday or something you know what i mean mm-hmm. so for a lot of people i think that their music and their arts and things are important to them and a lot of times i think that they'll release them on specific days for a reason um so when it kind of gets ruined by somebody just because they want something or they're selfish or whatever it's kind of like rude like it's rude in my opinion Mm -hmm. Um, it's also like it, it usually if it's not like purposefully leaked it gets leaked by someone who's near that person which also bothers me typically um mm-hmm. unless it's a data miner obviously um so it also is like a different sort of betrayal or like you know what i mean like it, it yeah. just kind of sucks absolutely it, it it makes me feel bad for them because i'm like wow they're a celebrity and they probably don't even know in some cases that like who leaked it like was it their yeah. manager was it someone that they think is like their best friend was it a makeup artist was you know it's very i i definitely feel for them in that aspect um i first got introduced to these sort of leaks and stuff like that when i used to be on tumblr and i uh glee was still like going on and i remember like there sometimes there were extras on set that they would like like uh they would do like a voice recording they would be like oh that song is gonna play on the show or this storyline is going to happen, this thing, that thing. Um, and for me, I always hated it because for I'm very spoiler sensitive. So even official like releases and statements, sometimes with trailers, I'm like, I'm done. Like I only, I, I don't want, I don't want to watch too much. Same. Thing, yeah. it, things get spoiled too much. And I don't need fans to add on to that and be like, oh, here are, you know, when it, when it came to Pokemon fans being like, oh, here are all the Pokemon that are coming out in that version versus that version i'm like the game isn't even now like in yeah. a way i was like well i'm thankful for it because then i can choose the game based on the version that has the pokemon that i prefer but in in other ways i'm like i don't want to know who the gym leader is i, I want to find all that out throughout when i whenever i play it or even the album like 
sometimes I get mad when people are like, oh, there's going to be a song with this and that. And I'm like, well, I wanted to like be surprised when I listened to it. And I know a lot of the times the artists themselves are the ones, you know, talking about the track list beforehand and stuff like that. Um, it also bothers me when it's like, with Lady Gaga specifically, there's cases of like, oh, the, a producer posted a Snapchat or uh, a, a choreographer took a photo on set. Uh, to me, it's like, ugh, be professional about things. Like, even if you're not given an NDA, like, don't just spoil shit. Like, we don't have an NDA for Breakfast at Ruby's and you don't see any of them on social media being like, oh, we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be talking about... Like, no, like, you know, not that that would be a bad thing necessarily. But, you know, um, even even situations... I, I've had people out of uh, courtesy be like, oh, am, am I allowed to say that I'm going to be on your show? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. This is not like an official thing that you need to, like, wait until my official, uh, like, announcement or whatever. But uh, I just think it's, like, a professionalism thing as well. Like, if you're going to be working with someone closely to someone like don't be talking about like oh they're working with this producer or they're working with that person or like oh i'm gonna be a dancer on her tour if i was gaga i would be like get out <laughs> leave yeah. right now i don't i don't need you anymore in here um honestly i would have fun with it as a celebrity i would make up shit and be like oh my god i totally pissed my panties yesterday to a dancer and see if he would say something and then I'm, i'd be like okay he didn't Test say them. anything yeah i'm sure celebrities do this all the time like where do they spread like is that, little is that actually making something up though because she <laughs> Anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> well, she would do it as a concept for a music video, but that's a whole other story. Oh! Uh, we love Gaga. <laughs> but, you know, uh, what do you think, Passion? Since you're more involved in stan culture and stuff like that. Do you mind leaks? Oh. Do you do you like as them? As someone who has leaked stuff, yeah. <laughs> oh! Yeah, I used to be big within, like, the, like, trade community of, like, trading stems around and, like, acapellas and instrumentals or, like, demos and shit like that. So, um, I've been like heavily like a part of all of this and do I ultimately think it's fucked? Yeah. Do I think that some artists could go extra lengths to protect stuff? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Um, as a Charlie XCX stan, she has literally had over like 300, 400 songs leaked just because she doesn't change her Google Drive password. And that's not <laughs> even a joke. There are stans who say that she has kept the same password on everything for the longest time. She doesn't go extra lengths to like protect anything. And while it's inherently wrong to go onto those accounts, she clearly, like, she cares, but she doesn't care enough because she complains about it and says, why does everyone keep asking for this song to be released and this song? And, like, everyone's listened to the album early. And I, like, she's had an album taken away from her from her label because it leaked. And, um... Yeah just been like a really fucked situation for her specifically and i know so many artists who have had so much shit leak like early especially like in the early 2010s um it was just normal like culture to have an album leak like four to three months before release date mm -hmm. and that's happened with like britney spears was like true how born this way everything was just rihanna like, anti was leaked so yep. they were like let's give it away for free on title it was just it's just normal behavior i remember like beyonce's four being like leaked before and then like comparing like the four era to the self-titled era where she had music videos at the ready nothing leaked except from her being on a shoot um in public and still nothing like leaked there wasn't any audio or anything yeah. so artists can go extra lengths to secure these things they just either they don't or their label just doesn't care to follow extra protection 
and yeah. I think that definitely needs to be looked on because as technology improves and everything else, everybody's going to be able to get into anything with ease. Yeah. And they need to go extra lengths to kind of like protect it. And by no means am I like defending anybody who kind of like leaks stuff. And as someone who has done it in the past, maybe not as severe and has only leaked like demos of already released songs or at least like stems. Um, I do get kind of like the complaints of people kind of saying like well this shouldn't be out here and the thing is is like i wouldn't go extra lengths to kind of release anything that wouldn't like hasn't already been out there i would only go as far as being like here is an acapella because what's that gonna do it's just gonna allow people to promote and remix stuff like yeah that's how i kind of like view it well i don't really get people who spend money and sell songs because that's a thing like people sell unreleased songs and crazy um, I the fact that people can make a living off of other people's material which they don't know that they have a hold of that's yeah. fun that's kind of like the harsh reality is that this this Gaga song may have been traded around before it leaked and it could have been sold to multiple people like months before and they may yeah. have this entire album that she has and it's just being passed around and sold and bought within very tight-knit like music communities and interesting that's that's where like that's what really needs to be questioned is do do labels recognize that and maybe start being a part of it so that they can suss people and actually take them to court because madonna's rebel heart got leaked and she brought the person to court and she obviously won the lawsuit and the thing is is that artists can take these great lengths and it's not hard to kind of suss out the people that leak it Mm -hmm. so Mm-hmm. I do think if this Gaga leak wasn't intentional, she should go ahead and like sue. But if it's her like laughing behind a laptop because she's not active on social media at the moment, <laughs> then you know that may be the case, and that's absolutely cool. I love but... that concept of her yeah. just at home being like, "Let's get the gays talking." <laughs> she's like, "I got time this Tuesday." With her nails and everything, right? <laughs> yeah, making a finger before pressing enter and send, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I do think I do think labels should go extra lengths and and do protect these artists of just being like, you know, if you have a Google Drive, fucking put it on like two, like authentication. Yeah. Get those long passwords, store it in like your notes app and everything and go extra lengths because you can't just rely on online security now. And yeah. I'm going to like pass this on to Yuki skills because as an artist, you can obviously speak from releasing schedule yourself and how you would feel if it was kind of like crossed. Yeah, I'm probably going to disagree a little people, a little bit with people. <laughs> um, I feel like when you're an artist of Gaga's size, although, yes, I support her, and obviously, like, I'm not someone leaking things, and I want her to, um, you know, be able to release things at the same time. But I feel like specifically with her, she's such a big artist. I think the biggest thing that I mourn is, like, the artistic license of it, of, like, she wanted to release this, maybe she had a specific plan, but at the same time, like, she's trending number one, she's probably still trending today, all of these people are talking about it, like, it's marketing for her, like, she's winning from this, it might be a little frustrating because things aren't coming out the way that she wants them to, but she's winning from this, um, and I um, also used her name for clout by pretending I was leaking her song, and then I put my music over it, and Gaga took it down, <laughs> I even love though that. it had nothing of hers in it, which is funny. I'm literally going to put a counterclaim on because I want to see what will happen, <laughs> but actually I probably won't. It's too much work. It's not worth it. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think it's very different for like different artists. Like for example, like when Tanache was going to come back, I don't 
know if anything got leaked. I don't think it did. Um, but I, I feel think, like I think some demos were out maybe there. a little something something. Okay. Yeah. Well, I feel like for her that would have been a lot more like angry because right. like it was her coming from big label. This was her big like independent debut. Um, you know, and kind of a big turning point for her. Um, Absolutely. So for that to be leaked. Um, I think it maybe could have taken away from the from the full impact of it. But I think in most cases, like if you're popular enough to have your stuff leaked, you'll probably be okay with it leaking. But I mean, is it is it, it doesn't exactly okay for people like to a, a do schedule if you're that big? That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna release the full album. To be honest, even if she's trending number one, like so many people are like not paying attention or they don't care until it comes out. Like even Gaga fans, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm excited, but I want to wait. I don't want to be it spoiled. So it's not like yeah. it's going to be completely whatever. Like people are still going to stream it when it comes out because maybe this isn't the full version, blah, blah, blah. You don't really know what you're getting. So yeah. I think overall when stuff leaks, it's not that big of a deal, but also, I mean, I don't need it. Do you need it? I, I can wait. <laughs> you can't. Right. Like, just what, let them do their I think thing. what you just said reminds me of, like, JoJo and Kesha as well, where these people can't release stuff. Mm. And artists releasing it is, they rely on them. That's true. I'm a JoJo stan. I don't want to out, you know, like, Kesha. But I, I know people who know people. And they've said that she was the one who actually went around and was sending stuff to people so that she could finally get music out for her stands, even if it was unreleased stuff. Mm -hmm. Because if nobody knows, she couldn't release anything due to the Dr. Luke and Sony lawsuit mm -hmm. and um the only way of getting that out there was by releasing songs and people close to her like were releasing songs about dr luke like dancing with the devil which is a song about working with an executive who you know abuses her and that was her political kind of like statement and i know with jojo it's a similar situation where she couldn't get music out at all and the leaks were kind of the only source of material that people could get yeah so like mixtapes it's very reliant on kind of like the artist and how they want to be envisioned and as someone who would technically kind of like place themselves as an artist in some sort of vein i would hate for any sort of like plans of mine to leak but would would i be happy that there's some sort of like drive and some clout from that that i could like bounce off and like it's it's promotion regardless yeah. of how you do it it's kind of like promotion so how the artist kind of handles that is kind of in their hands and if they want it to like go go under the rug and then in months later they actually plan a release for it then that's cool but i do wish that some artists would like take advantage of it sometimes because there's so many leaks and so many demos and stuff i'm just like you had the advantage to just like surprise drop this and mm -hmm. then like, release the video like weeks later and yeah. it would have been a hit yeah and then some just kind of are just like they get scared or they don't know or the label doesn't know and i think also kind of like you were saying the labels do need to take a lot more responsibility because i feel like it's kind of a thing of you know, uh, I mean, I'm sure the label sees Charlie XCX as a viable artist, but at the same time, I don't think they're necessarily giving her as much. Um, I mean, this is totally me guessing, but I feel like they wouldn't give her as much respect as they would someone else who's even more mainstream, you know, because she's a little bit more, um, you know, LGBT friendly. Her music is a little bit more PC as in like PC music, not like politically correct. Um, it's a little bit more, you know, futuristic and stuff versus like the mainstream radio hits. So I feel like maybe they don't care as much. So yeah, like, that's another thing too. It's like yeah. this person is still going to make you hella money. Why scrap an album? Like that's money you could have had. That's tours you could have had. So y'all, 
Protect your passwords. That's the more. That's the moral of today. Right. No, Two-step authentication. <laughs> Do all of that. Get your, there's apps that like change your password every day. Like, yeah. have they never heard of these things? Yeah, absolutely. Password managers. Do all of all of the things. I definitely know of artists that. Uh, well, I don't know, no, but um, I've heard things here and there of people who take advantage of stuff like that to kind of gauge people's reactions as well. Mm -hmm. um, I remember back when Danity Kane did their first kind of reunion with four members. Um, one of the members, Aubrey, she's notorious for like, people are like, okay, she's like on the down low leaking stuff. Like I remember she had a thing where uh, <laughs> on, on her first solo attempt, she even had a reality show for it. She would leak songs that were like people saw her record the songs on the show, but I don't think she had like the proper way to properly release them. So she had like fan accounts that released the the songs in like decent quality and all that stuff. So people were like, okay, she's doing it. And they did the same with Danity King when they had a reunion. They leaked a song that wasn't necessarily going to be the lead single, but they were like, okay, let's hear what people think about it. And people were like talking about it. People were like excited about it. Um, <laughs> they were like, I don't like it. <laughs> some people were, yeah, some people were like, I don't like this. So they were like, okay, let's go in a different direction then. Um, so, and, and that has happened recently with the Pussycat Dolls reunion where... Um, Let's be real, in 2020, it's not like there's tons of paparazzi, like, f wanting to go after them and following every single move of theirs. And all, right. so there's, like, paparazzi footage. of, And I say this as a stan. I literally got VIP tickets to see them live. Um, but there's, like, paparazzi Ooh. footage of the of them rehearsing in this dance studio that has no curtains at all like so you can see fully in like inside and they're like right mm. next to the window and they're rehearsing and yeah. I'm like okay th they tipped off paparazzi to get that promo the the demo for the, their new song leaked and it stayed up for a few days and then they took everything down. So they had the power and they were aware that the demo was out, but they left it out for a little bit so that people could hear a little bit of the song and get an idea. Right, get that taste. Yeah. So I do think that they there's occasions where you can kind of see like, okay, they're they're fully taking advantage of the buzz culture online and the stands talking and leaking stuff and um, people making the theories and looking at the source code on websites and stuff like that. They, they kind of like that a little bit. I know BTS, for example, they put the source code on their websites so that people do dig in because they know the fans look into everything and they add into mm -hmm. like the concept and into their comeback concepts for their new albums and stuff like that so they know the fans will be looking um and they add little hidden messages and stuff so but yeah be careful with your stuff <laughs> two-step authentication i'll say this until the end of my days <laughs> be careful y'all the internet is dangerous um yeah everyone's gonna get hacked sooner or later so yes that's that's unfortunately hopefully that's, it's later uh, yeah please <laughs> um so yeah Anyway, that's been Breakfast at Ruby's. Thank you all for watching. This is going to be up on YouTube later for anyone watching this on Twitch. So if you missed any of the topics that we talked about, it's going to be up on there. Um, we're going to be doing a little bit of a, an after show exclusive to Twitch. So uh, if you want to stick, uh, stick by and talk to us um, in a more direct 
conversation, feel free to join us on Twitch. I record this live. We do it live every week at twitch.tv slash Project Ruby. That's where you can find my content mainly. Uh, where can people find you? Passion. Don't oh, leak God, your address. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're chewing? Um, Excuse no, me. No, I was yawning, not chewing. Oh. I'm not cookie oh. sauce. Oh. <laughs> um, you can find me on twitter.com forward slash passion pit with two T's. And you can find me on twitch.tv slash passion pit as well. Those are the two main socials that I maintain myself around. Yeah. So, yeah. What about you, Chalora? You can find me at twitch.tv slash Chalora or on Twitter uh, as Chalora with a zero instead of an O. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Chalora Flora. And uh, I have a Discord, but you can find it on my Twitch channel. Yes, Kisos. Hi, um, I'm <laughs> at It's Kisos pretty much everywhere. I-T-S-K-I-S-O-S. But if you want to find my music, just look up Kisos or just Google me or do whatever. But um, yeah, I'd love to say hi to you. Yes, stream, stream He Didn't Want Me. <laughs> exactly. Do it. Do it now. It's a good song. Okay, do it. Um. So yeah, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week with another episode of Breakfast at Ruby's. Feel free to suggest stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Bye.